a servant. History. Be without fear in the face of your enemies. History. Speak the truth. History makers. Safeguard the helpless. That is your own. You can do it. Yeah. I'm gonna Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm your host, Matt Prater. Today we're talking with Peter Furler from the biggest Christian music band in the world, and they started out in a garage at the Sunshine Coast uh, in Queensland in Australia. Peter, tell us how it all started. <laughs> well, it'll take a while, but now I'll keep it short. Um, you know, we just loved music, you know. Uh, radio was a big influence on us. You know, I was sort of, I can remember... Um, you know, just knowing what song was going to come next. You know, later on I found out it was programming, but, uh, you know, up until then I was always thinking, you know, just uh, being really affected by music. Um, when I was about 10 years old, um, my father uh, and mum brought me a drum kit and I used to play in church and I sort of started playing guitar about the same time. And um, right about when I got to about 16, I sort of uh, started to. Uh, play with other musicians and um, and then kind of you know we were kind of bored you know which I know sounds not unusual uh, for lot, you know when you're younger you kind of didn't know what you're doing with your life and you're so young and uh, we just kept at it you know and, and we began to play anywhere we could you know we'd we'd be in my dad's uh, garage and we'd just sort of be playing and the neighbours couldn't handle it you know that always come and uh, I remember one time they put sugar in dad's you know petrol tank and it ruined his motor and so uh, sorry dad but uh, it was, um, you know, it was just really, it's been a day at a time. It hasn't really been, nothing happened overnight. Nothing, uh, it's just really been working hard. Uh, then in about 1987, we uh, got a record deal. We'd been playing everywhere, everywhere, anywhere for free, whatever we could. You know, we just want the experience. And um, in 87, we uh, opened up for a group called Whiteheart. And uh, in that group, there was a guy named Tommy Sims and Billy Smiley. And also a gentleman uh, who wasn't in that group but had a lot to do with that show was a guy named David Smallbone, and uh, which many Aussies know. And um, we, uh, I think it was six weeks later, we were, it was uh, Christmas Day, 1987, we were on a plane to New York City to cut our first record. And so uh, we had no plans to go to America, but all of a sudden we're there. And um, we, uh, we've been back and forth and touring around the world really for... I guess close to 20 years now, really. Now, you've been over in the States. You've you know, made it the big time. What You're one of Australia's highest-paid entertainers in the entertainment scene altogether. What do you want to say to Australia? Australia is a special place. It really is. It's, uh, you know, we wouldn't be... Um, we learn so much here and, and continue to learn so much. Um, I, I really... I believe that... Um, it's a place where special things are going to continue to happen. Um, you know, I just it's funny enough, I was just reading about uh, things like at the Light Horseman. I've been sort of going back to the history of Australia and uh, reading some great books on the history of Australia. Sort of, I didn't graduate high school, so I've kind of had to educate myself over the last few years. And so, coming here on this trip, every time I go to a different country, I read uh, a new book. And so, this was one where I begin to come back to my home country and begin to read books. Uh, you know, Jeff Blaney, The Short History of Australia, and Bill Bryson, uh, you know, in a sunburnt country. And, and so it's been incredible. Uh, a guy named Cole Stringer wrote a book uh, called uh, The Light Horseman and just talked about this, these Anzacs that would go over and, you know, and, uh, and they took back uh, incredible places 
like Jerusalem, that, that great armies couldn't take back. And here you have these Aussies and Kiwis out there just winning back ma- major wars. And uh, that really made me proud. And so, um, and then when I come back here again now, I see that there's a new generation rising up and uh, they're not doing religion the same way and they're not doing church the same way. They're actually people that kind of haven't... You know, in the 80s when I grew up here, it was... A lot of that end time theology, you know, a lot of that, you know, pack your bags, mate, wait on the rooftops because Jesus could come back any minute, you know what I mean? And so fathers didn't pay off their houses and fathers, di- people weren't investing. It's like the, even the Bible says you have many teachers, but you don't have many fathers. And so senior pastors weren't working together because, oh, mate, I don't want you messing with my sheep, you know what I mean? That kind of thing where now I think that there's going to be coming a time where we're going to see a new generation rise up where senior pastors and youth group leaders are going to start walking together and they're going to get to know each other in the city and they're going to come up with a plan to affect the culture not be relevant it's not about trying to keep up with the trends he who is married to the spirit of the age will end up a widower and uh, so it's not about just being relevant god doesn't need us to be relevant for him but i, th- I think that that's what's going to happen so so if you know you know you know another senior pastor or youth group leader and you don't care where the people go because you know I know that guy and he's a good man as long as they go with him that's awesome and and it's about a new revolution one that's about 2000 years old that started with Jesus and it's and it's a group of people that love like he did have mercy like he did they want justice uh, for the poor and for the the, uh, the the misfortunate and um they're really affecting culture whatever they have been trained or whatever the gifts that God has given God gives gifts to all men and uh, and women and, and everybody and so it's really up to them what they do with it and I think that's the new generation I'm seeing as I come back here. You're listening to History Makers with Peter Thurler from the Newsboys. Now Pete, how have things changed since Paul Coleman joined the band? It's gotten better, you know, it really has. And that's, um, you know, when you've been around for close to 20 years, things, uh, it, it's not that it's hard to keep it fresh, there's just lots of challenges, you know, and with anybody, with all of our lives, whether, whether you've been married for 15 years or 20 years, there's a, there's a challenge to things and you have to, it takes a work and a discipline, but Paul has actually made it easier. There's been a, uh, there, was, uh, there wasn't a bump in the road, I mean, he really came along we've appreciated him he's a good man and uh we've known him a long time so it wasn't a stranger coming in um it's really like he's been there all along he's been at about 120 or 30 shows so he says you know that we've we've hung out at and been on tours with us not just just not in the band and so uh it's great you know a, a little idea of you know how great it is is when you're working on a guitar sounds like well remember the oils record remember blue sky mine and track two and he knows it you know where when you work with anybody else outside of Aussie, you know, they don't have a clue. So it's great. Now, how do you spend your personal time with God? I think um, I've been learning this in the last probably couple of years. And, uh, you know, I grew up in the church, grew up as a preacher's kid, grew up with Bibles in every room in the house, every translation. I just didn't really read it, you know, and I didn't see a lot of... I, made, I guess I'd, I made the mistake of letting sometimes the crazy things you see in religion begin to define my relationship with God. And no one can walk with God for you. And um, so God was a mystery to me. Um, and he, there is part of him, yes, is definitely mysterious, but I mean a complete one. And uh, I didn't know, did I believe this stuff because I was raised this way? And, and, you know, it's like a seed that falls to the ground and all of a sudden birds come at it, you know what I mean? And things come at it. Or if it gets in some shallow soil, um, you know, it, it springs up quick, the, the plant, but then when the sun comes out, it's not doesn't have a root, you know what I mean? And, and uh, Or it can be on a ground and it can be surrounded by thorns and thistles and it gets choked out. And I think that my life was all through them 
uh, situations. And it wasn't until I really began to realize that that new creation inside of me, it's the one that replaces the old person that's inside of me. And the old person inside of me was quite powerful. It's, you know, when I wanted to do the right things, I wouldn't. I couldn't. You know what I mean? I wanted to think good thoughts and I couldn't. And so I had to replace it with something more powerful than it. And uh, that was obviously my faith in Jesus and who he is and asking him not only to be my savior, you know, saving me from some eternal hell, but to be my Lord and to teach me how to live in life. And uh, But then one of the ways was to get into the Bible and to begin to read that. And so it's like bread. It really is. And it's good bread. It's uh, There's lots of bread out there. You know, on the internet, there's bread and people's opinions, there's bread. And what you see and hear begins to define you. And so I begin to start to feed myself um, by the grace of God, it wasn't something that the Bible bored me, it angered me, it confused me. I began to ask God to give me a love for it. Crazy thought, isn't it? You know, I began to ask him and him being faithful. I'd asked him for lots of things, but I hadn't seen the answers to all of them. But um, that was one I believe he's happy to give us. And um, so... Uh, you know, I began to get a love for the word. Things weren't perfect then. You know, I believed that Jesus was the way, but I still felt lost. And I believed it was the truth, but I didn't have much truth in my life. I believed it was the life, but I didn't wasn't hadn't found a great peace in my life. And uh, and uh, so I began to ask him more. I began to just by faith, but Jesus help me. You know, what I mean, I mean, I need help here, and I, I want I want to figure out your path and your way. And um, and so. I began to realize that you can read the Bible every day, you can believe in Jesus, but you can still feel kind of like disconnected. And so I began to realize as I began to read the Bible, I began to know where the truth was in my thoughts and my attitudes and other people's thoughts and attitudes because they're either confirmed by the Word of God or they conflict the Word of God. And I began to know more what God's voice sounded like because His voice is all through the Bible. Uh, but the Bible also tells us that we need each other to walk in community and not to forsake that. And so that's something I didn't have. Growing up in church, I'd moved away from it for 15 or so years. And uh, in the last few years, I've really rediscovered it, rediscovered a great people that um, really have a heart for their generation and just to love them and to, to walk with them and to encourage one another. It's a huge part of it. You know, the, the enemy of your soul wants to keep you alone. And um, so... That. So what do I, how do I do that to answer your question the long way around as I rise up every morning um, and uh, sometimes early, sometimes not. I do want it the best I can. Um, I ask God to give me strength to do that and I just uh, go through a certain part of the Old Testament, certain part of the New Testament and Psalms and Proverbs every day. And it's not a huge laborious thing and something. And then during the day I might write down something that day of what really touched me and then during the day I think about it. I think at certain points I get reminded by what I would call the Holy Spirit to think about what, what were you reading today and, and, and then I begin to uh, meditate, think about it. We, we, you know, you call it meditate, but it's really just sort of thinking on it and thinking about what it means. The song called I Am Free, tell us what that's all about. It's about, you know, it's about, it's about real freedom. You know, it's about freedom in your heart, freedom in your mind, freedom in your soul, freedom in your marriage, freedom in your walk. Uh, and it comes at a price. It's a price that we can't pay for it. There's nothing you can do to make God love you more and nothing you can do to make him love you less. His love is unconditional. Um, his freedom is something that um, he wants you to... It's, you know the way I can describe it? It's like finding a field, and it's like in that field, you're kind of scratching around, you find this treasure. And you go, man, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go and sell everything I've got, and I'm going to buy that field because I've seen something that I will not see anywhere else. And it's not about money. It's not about finances. It's about a peace. And uh, freedom is also about this. you've got to count the cost to it. Freedom is not cheap. It's, uh, there, there is a price to it. But when you fully lose your life and find the freedom that Christ died for for you to have, he is the author. He will start that 
piece of, in your life and he will finish it too. Now, if there's someone listening that doesn't know God and is away from God, what would you say to them about how they get closer to God? I think the first thing is, is um, it takes humility. You know, that humility is, is powerful. Humility is what's going to change cities. It's going to make senior pastors walk together. It's going to make people love one another. And humility, one of the keys is, um, I think, is, and I've learned this in marriage, and that is that you don't do things for other people to get something out of them. Uh, you, and you don't even do things for people just because it's the right thing to do. Because it might not, you might not always know if it's the right thing to do, but you do things for people out of reverence for God. And one of the ways um, that humility comes with our walk with God is that you begin to humble yourself. Sometimes we have to be humbled, and that's a terrible situation where you feel broken. Um, but usually um, when you come and say, you know, God, there's, a, there's a, a scripture in the Bible that says, Call to me, and I will answer you. This is, God's, this is what God says. Call to me, and I will answer you and show you great and marvelous things that you don't know. And so I think that's where it starts for me personally. And I do it all the time. It's not that you, there's not this, you know, you don't sort of receive Jesus and everything's okay. No, that's when it starts getting tough. But you know what? It's tough on both sides. You know what I mean? But yet I have a peace that's past all understanding and a joy that's unspeakable. Mate, bless you. Thanks very much. You certainly are a history maker. Thanks, mate. You are too. History maker.